Welcome to Life School Series 2, Bumps and Babies. As I record this today, I am currently 23 weeks and 4 days pregnant with my first baby, which I'm so excited to share I now know is a little girl. I'm still in the process of recording this series, and my plan was to start releasing episodes once I'd finished recording with all my wonderful guests. However, in light of the current global situation with coronavirus, recording for now is on hold. So I've decided to share with you the episodes I've recorded so far over the past couple of months. I know many of us are currently self-isolating at home with lots of time on our hands, so what better time to listen to your favourite podcasts or perhaps discover some new ones? As a first-time mum, pregnancy, birth and babies is a whole new world for me and I personally want to educate myself as much as I can before my little one arrives. From positive birth stories, information on hypnobirthing, water births, c-sections, baby massage and more, I hope throughout this series I can shed some light on just some of the areas you may be worried about or even just intrigued about. Thank you to all the incredible birth workers and women who have made this series possible so far and thank you so much for listening. Welcome to another very special bonus episode of Bumps and Babies, where my guest today is the co-founder and CEO of Mama App, Samaya Sawa. During this episode, we discussed motherhood, Samaya's journey to creating her business Mama App, and her incredible birth in the back of a taxi. Yes, you heard that right. This episode was recorded virtually during lockdown, so apologies in advance if the sound quality isn't 100%. You can find all the links to download the Mama app in the show notes below. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Samaya. Happy listening! Samaya, welcome to Life School. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to have a chat with you. Thank you so much for being my first international guest. Um, I know you're based in Dubai as well, but you're in the UK right now. Yes. So... Yeah, you're, you're my first overseas guest and uh, we've managed to get the technology on our side <laughs> after a few there. little trial and errors. Yeah, um, I mean, yes, we got there in the end, which is great. And I'm so happy that we are actually managing to record this. Me too. I'm really excited. And um, I actually discovered your app recently and it was through um, the wonderful Jasmine Collin. Um who is a hypnobirthing specialist based here and you did a wonderful um, Instagram live with her and uh, I came across your app and I was like wow this is this is awesome so I can't wait to talk about your business um, but I want to talk because you are a mum I want to yes. start by talking about your own pregnancy and birth experience. Sure so do you want me to start with the pregnancy then? Yes yes please. So, um, like you mentioned, um, we do live between Dubai and the UK, um, and we made a decision to have my baby in the UK, so have my daughter in the UK. And so throughout pregnancy um, and labor and all of that sort of um, was done in the UK, um, it was it was partly because I was actually completing my postgraduate degree. So I'm a trained dentist. And so I was doing a postgraduate degree in dentistry, um, in implant dentistry, to be specific. And so I was actually coming to the the sort of end of that and doing my, my exam was coming up. And so we decided to sort of have the baby in the UK and then head out to Dubai afterwards. And so my pregnancy and my course um all sort of happened in the UK. Pregnancy was 
luckily Touchwood was, and hopefully the next one will be the same, was pretty straightforward <laughs> for me um, in the sense that I didn't have any major pregnancy symptoms as such. So I didn't have sort of the nausea and the vomiting. Um, one thing I did have, though, was sort of really extreme exhaustion in the first trimester where I would just fall asleep. I would fall asleep in the car. I would fall asleep wherever I could. Um, so that was one thing I felt. And then towards the end of pregnancy in the third trimester, I had a bit of heartburn. But other than that, not much to report with the pregnancy. Um, I was pretty small in terms of how much I was carrying. I'm quite a small build anyway as a person. Um, so, yeah, I think there wasn't much else to say about the pregnancy other than it was fairly straightforward. I carried on with my day-to-day -day life as normal. Um, went to the gym, yeah, carried on literally as as if I wasn't pregnant. Yeah, I can I can really relate to the exhaustion. I think I slept for the first twelve weeks. Yeah, I was pretty much I was the just same. asleep the whole time, and I to the point where I'd message friends and be like, "I'm really sorry, I've just been asleep." That's why I haven't replied to you. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I would be waiting for a, an, an appointment, and I would just fall asleep in the waiting room. <laughs> and so everything was pretty smooth and straightforward and had you thought about what sort of birth you might like to um of course you can't plan for these things but did you have uh, specific birth preferences yes yeah, so I um I did a hypnobirthing course and wanted like a natural um as natural as possible um birth um I planned for a water birth um other than that and I, I mean, I didn't really have anything specific on whether I wanted to have an epidural or not. I was very much, I'd rather have a natural birth if I can, but if it, if I, if I can't handle it or if I need to have an epidural, I'm not dead against that either. Um, but it didn't go that way at all. I mean, my labor was completely different to what I thought labor was going to be. Um, so I, yes, I did plan and have I did have birth preferences. I did write a plan, um, but I didn't. I, I guess I was warned. Well, not warned, but I was advised by people that I shouldn't really focus too much on how it will go because you can't really plan for it. And so I think mm. I was open to um, it may not go the way that I planned for it to go. And how did it go? <laughs> so. Um, it was it was a really quick birth. So from start to finish, my labor was about 35 minutes. So it was wow. really, really quick. And to the point where I think, so what I was advised after by the doctor was I probably felt my first contraction when I was in, in the latent phase. And so I didn't really have a buildup to labor or contractions or surges um, and when I did feel the first sort of, so I had a show, I called, so in the UK, you call um, the midwife unit and you inform them of what's going on and they sort of advise you of, as to whether to go in or whether to stay at home. And when I did call, um, I, I ex sort of remember the midwife saying to me, look, it's just a show. It may be days before you actually go into act, like to actually go into labor. Mm. And so I stayed at home, had my breakfast as I normally would, 
I actually used to walk quite a lot towards the end of pregnancy. So I was walking sort of for three or four miles. Um, and so I put my headphones on. I actually had a podcast that I was listening to. And I was planning, like I was dressed and planning to go out for a walk. And then suddenly I felt a surge. And obviously this was the first surge I felt. And you're informed that you get this sort of buildup of surges. And so I didn't have any buildup of surges. I just had this, this was my first surge and it was quite intense. And so I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the first one. This is just the start. But it just so it just happened so quickly. So I felt the second one pretty much a couple of minutes later. And at the time, I didn't realize that they were happening so close together. But they were pretty intense, which is, so my husband was sleeping and I went to wake him and I said to him, look, I'm feeling something, something's going to happen. And so they were kind of happening. I had my hospital bag packed. So we were getting that together. I asked him to put the TENS machine on. Um, I actually ran the bath because I thought, well, get into the bath because this is what you're supposed to do just to help sort of ease the discomfort. And I ran the bath, but I never actually got in because the, the contractions were just happening so quickly. We were so bad at timing them, by the way. Like I would time one. So my phone was running with the timer app. I would time one and then I would ask my husband to time the next and then we'd miss the next one. So we didn't really know how close to like giving birth I was because we were just so bad at timing them. Um, we had a doula book. So um, my husband actually called the doula and she heard me in the background and asked him to take me to the hospital. He, She's the one that said, look, you can't wait around. You need to take her to the hospital. And she later told me it's because she heard me in the background and she could hear that I was actually quite close to giving birth because apparently the way your surges on the way you sound changes through labor mm. yeah I've heard this you you go into that transition period um and yeah doul- doulas will be able to midwives and doulas can tell when this is happening yeah sure so so then he ordered an uber and we waited for the uber to come my tens machine was on it was doing and I had my hypnobirthing track so as soon as I felt like the third surge I put my hypnobirthing tracks on and I was kind of like in the zone um and then we left, got into the Uber, told that my husband was obviously having a chat with the Uber driver, telling him that I was in labor. We were heading to the hospital to give birth. And it was sort of eight, um, 7.30 in the morning in London, which means traffic's pretty bad. Um, and when we're in London, we're in central London, which um, adds, like, obviously the traffic in central London is always pretty bad anyway. And where the flat was to where the hospital is, is literally a 10 minute journey if there's no traffic. But it took us so long to get there because of the traffic. Um, I literally could feel the baby coming. Oh my goodness. So I said, and and this is like you, if you ask any woman that's given birth, she'll say that you can just feel the baby coming. You can actually just feel that it's there. And so I said to my husband, I can feel her head. She's coming. He looked and he could see the top of the head. So we were in the back of the taxi at this point. I was like resting against the the door. So like my upper body was sort of resting against the, the side of the door. And my husband looked and the baby was coming. And then like the next surge came and the head was out. So he was holding the head. Oh and- my goodness. <laughs> Are you in excruciating pain at this point, by the way? No. So so the, I think hypnobirthing really, really does prepare you to... You do experience discomfort, don't get me wrong. It's not like, 
a walk in the park, um, you do feel like intense, like contract, like you do feel the contractions, you feel like discomfort, but I, I wouldn't say it was excruciating and I wouldn't say it was really, really painful either. But I it's don't just know. Pressure. Yeah, it's it's just like a really tight squeeze. And so your baby's head is out <laughs> in the back of a cab. Um, did you make it to the hospital? No, we didn't. So um, we were still a couple of minutes away from the hospital, but we were in standstill traffic. Like we weren't, mo- the car was not moving. And so um, my husband was holding the head and he's like saying to me, push the rest of her out. And at this point I, I wasn't having a, like there was no surge, there was no contraction. So like I actually, I remember this conversation so distinctly. I remember saying to him, we have to wait for the next contraction. <laughs> And so when the next contraction came, I pushed like again and then the rest of the body came out. So the umbilical cord was attached, like the placenta was still in and he was holding the baby and we literally got to the hospital like three or four minutes afterwards. So yeah, we actually yeah delivered the baby in the car in the back of an Uber. Your taxi driver must have just been like, oh my God. <laughs> I think he was I think he was so shocked he he didn't say a word like after what like the process of from when we gave birth to get into the hospital he didn't say anything oh my goodness and your husband just sounds amazing it sounds like he stayed really calm yeah I think I'm I'm not sure I, I mean he's he's really good under pressure anyway as just generally as his personality is that way but I think it just happened so quickly that there was no time to think about anything else. Do you know, a lot of people ask me now that did you not think about like, oh, what what if she's not like, you know, what if you need like medical care? What if you need a doctor? to? What if she didn't cry? These things just don't cross your mind. It just happens so quickly. You just deal with it. And so when you got to the hospital, obviously, like you're holding her, but you're you still have the umbilical cord attached. And yeah. was it sort of like a mad rush then when you arrived at the hospital? Because I imagine this doesn't happen very often, people arriving with their brand newborn babies in their arms. No, so the doctor said it, I mean, I remember because we had a conversation afterwards with the, sort of the midwives and the doctors and the, it doesn't happen often. It has happened in the past. But um, I think because she was already delivered and she was sort of breathing and we were both fine, there was no sort of urgent rush so there was an ambulance, like there was a paramedic just stood outside the A&E. And you know what the, the A&E doors, um, where the ambulances go in the UK are locked, so like you can't go through the doors, it's like passes only. Mm. And so we, ha- so we had to obviously get the paramedic to go inside. And when he came, he went in, got the doctor and they came out with a stretcher. And um no, they didn't really sort of like run in. I mean, there was a team of people that came out. So the doctor came out, a couple of nurses came out and then they took me in. And obviously they talked about like the placenta coming through, coming out, um, being delivered next and they cut the umbilical cord, etc. So th- they did what they needed to. They checked my heart rate, they checked the baby's heart rate, but they didn't really, it didn't feel like it was a rush, hmm. if that makes sense. And how did you feel? Because it sounds like, I mean, you got, you got a beautiful natural birth, um, a quick one, but it. How, how did you feel about your, because obviously in your mind you have this sort of idea and you fantasize about it for nine months um, or, you know, throughout the course of your pregnancy. How, how did you feel about the whole thing? 
I mean, I think it was just, it didn't really hit me until like later that day. So I think it was a few hours after. So when I was in sort of the A&E part for, for an hour or so, and then they took me up to the, the, um, the maternity unit. And it's when I was being checked there by a doctor um, because I actually had a tear. So when they were checking me there is when it actually hit me and then I actually started to cry. But until that point, I think I was in this sort of mode of just dealing with it. So at the time, I didn't really think um, anything. But I didn't think, look back, and I still don't look back and think, oh, I wish it was different. I really don't wish it was any different. I Like it was, it is what it is. And, and I'm grateful for the experience that we had. And I think my daughter and my husband, like, so my husband's, I think all children are obviously close to their dads, but I think he's got a, a slightly special bond because mm. he was the first person to hold her. I mean, that is one of the most incredible birth stories I've ever heard. That is just, I mean, that is amazing. Yeah, I'm, and I, I'm really grateful for the experience that we had. Honestly, I don't, like if I could go back and change it, I don't think I would. And do you think, um, I mean, you touched on this, but do you think the hypnobirthing really played a sort of vital part in how you stayed calm and you just trusted your body? Do you think without the hypnobirthing, it might have been a different experience? Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% believe in hypnobirthing and believe that the, 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 it really does teach you, um, it gives you the tools to really deal with the sort of the labor situation whatever that that scenario is for each person because obviously it was different for different people but the tools that I learned and it is a lot of practice and you you do have to dedicate time um to learning the tools but yes definitely I I do I do believe they the that I learned the tools there and that they did help me through the birth and actually even after I'd given birth I do think that you can take a lot of away from hypnobirthing and use those tools afterwards as well Mm, yeah completely I'm I'm starting my course um at the end of this month and I'm really excited I mean I've been listening to an audiobook and listening to some tracks already to prepare myself but I'm, I'm really excited because um I have heard that it does help with things like you know if you're a really nervous flyer or you know you're nervous before a presentation it can really the tools you learn can help with sort of day-to-day life things as well yeah um, I think so I think even like it has an element of like um meditation involved I think Mm. and so I think it really does help with other things other than just sort of labor you know what though I think and and thank you so much for sharing that story because that is just honestly one of the most amazing birth stories I've ever heard but I I really hope that I have a nice quick birth I in a way I think that's I mean I think that's amazing you know to to kind of because you hear about women it starts slowly and it builds and it's meant to as well it's meant to be a gradual build um but you know women that it's sort of they're in labor for a whole day and you know I'm a very impatient person I already like I I can't wait to meet my baby so (laughs) for me I would love a, a nice quick labor like that that would be amazing yeah, I mean, I'd much rather have a 30-minute birth than, you know, some some women are unlucky and they do go on for days sometimes. And, yeah, I agree with you. It's better that it's quick, I think, than... I think so, too. And, and did you, did you um, speak to your 
did by the way did your doula make it to the to the hospital or did you call her and say listen we've had the baby no so she did leave because when we did when we called her and she asked us to leave to go to the hospital she was on her way to meet us at the hospital so she met me right at the end so by the time she met me I'd given birth um the umbilical cord was caught the baby had been sort of dressed so yeah it was it was much later than we'd actually planned and did you find out later um or sort of look into had your contractions started earlier but you just hadn't felt them because they'd been soft or maybe you have a really high pain threshold or or is it just that it was one of those things that just came on really quickly and sometimes it happens like that so I think if I look back and think about like certain situations where I felt something was going on I, I do think there was a sort of a process of it building up but it was just so like I didn't feel the contractions to a point where it would stop me in my tracks do you know I wouldn't like I felt things sometimes so I felt some tightening sometimes but you do start to feel things like that towards the end and they tell you about Braxton Hicks but it was never to a point where I would be doing something and I would have to think oh that was intense what was that Mm. do you know I kind of just went on with my day as normal so I think there was probably a lead up but I just didn't notice it yeah yeah and and I think this is part of the unknown, isn't it, with your first? Because you've never put your... Well, most of us haven't put our bodies through something like this before. So you don't know what your threshold is, how your body's going to react. Um, and that's why you can't... You can have preferences and you can invest in time, invest your time in things like hypnobirthing, but you really don't know how it's going to pan out, do you? You just have no idea. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um that that goes with everything when you sort of go through pregnancy and then labor and then having your child there really is no planning um because you just don't have any like you don't have control over what's actually going to happen but one thing I would like to say is that you know your body does know what it needs to do Mm. I think like I don't have any training on giving birth I'm and but we managed to have a baby in the back of a car and that's just because your body really does know what it needs to do it's just incredible absolutely amazing and um so you had your little girl and how did you become the founder of mama app can you talk us through your journey to creating your business yes so um so we'd obviously talked a lot about where we wanted to raise our daughter and what the plans were after she was born. I think every every mom or pregnant woman can probably relate to that. You start sort of thinking about where you'll be going afterwards and what you'll be doing afterwards. And so we'd, my husband was actually raised in Dubai and his family um, are based in Dubai and they've been there for about 50 years. So they've been there for a really, really long time. And to him, Dubai is home. And so and having spent sort of we do spend five we used to spend five or six months out of the year um out there and spend a decent amount of time out there and so we'd always decided but we decided that actually we wanted to raise her in Dubai and and that was a place where we wanted to sort of be based and so when she was five months so we waited till she was about five months old we then head out to Dubai and this was the first time I was in the city with a baby 
So I hadn't obviously been there with a baby before and this was like a new experience for me because I knew Dubai as being sort of just me and him and being single and not having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were finally now with a baby and, you know, my friends, so I was the first of my friends um, there that was to have a baby. And so my friends were sort of working and they don't have, they didn't have children. So it was really hard to sort of arrange to meet them. Um, just being having such a young baby you're restricted by things like bedtime and feeding so um, one thing that happened with my daughter is I was breastfeeding when she was five months old I was breastfeeding and um, she would she refused to drink from a bottle so she wouldn't drink formula from a bottle she wouldn't drink express milk from a bottle so just the idea of a bottle was a no so I couldn't really leave her for longer than a couple of hours with anybody and so that feeling of like loneliness and that overwhelm was really incredible once I moved out there. And, and that's what made me realize what, how important it was to have that community of moms. Um, so you're not just having a community of friends, but people that have actually experienced motherhood. And it, what I really realized was it needed to be easy and accessible because when you're, especially when you're early, um, having just given birth or having a young baby, you don't really have a lot of time. And so mm. um, I really wanted it to be easy and accessible and to be able to make mom friends in a really easy way. Um, and there are some amazing companies out there that sort of plan mummy mornings and they're incredible. And it's a really good way of meeting other people. But what I found was sometimes the timings were a bit off. So if the baby was napping, you can't just like, sometimes you can't just pick the baby up and go out. Um, If she's unsettled, it was just really difficult to get out. Um, And I remember one time I was really looking forward to going um, to a mummy morning. And then my daughter hadn't slept very well the night before. So I'd probably slept about three hours and it just didn't feel like going out so I missed the, the sort of opportunity of being able to meet other moms and connect with other moms and that sort of then led me to sort of doing some research and really figuring out what was available to actually meet other moms out in the UAE and what I realized was there wasn't really anything for just moms there wasn't anything that was easy and accessible in terms of an app for just moms there were things for children and ways to meet um children getting play dates and things like that for children um but I wanted something specifically for pregnant women and moms so that they could just make mom friends um so that's how the idea sort of was born um I did a lot of research and learning lots of courses figured out how to build an app and got a team together and then that's how we got on and actually developed the app itself so um yeah that's where it started and it's now growing and I think you've touched on a really sort of a really amazing point, which isn't spoken about a lot, which is kind of the isolation. Um, even during pregnancy, if you don't have other pregnant friends, um, it can be it can be quite lonely, can't it? Um, and you just want that sort of connection with someone who can relate to what you're going through. And I imagine that then continues, you know, once you've had your baby. Um, and like you said, sometimes, you know, you might not feel like venturing out and going to a, a mama morning or, and there are some amazing things on here, but you need that, 
you need that support network and that connection but that can be really hard to find it can be a bit like well where do I even begin yeah exactly I totally agree with you and that like you mentioned the loneliness is really incredible like that feeling of loneliness can be really sort of overwhelming and and postpartum depression is a real thing people do Mm. suffer from this baby blues is a real thing and it's really important that we actually do sort of realize that some people do experience these feelings and having that support network or having that ability to be able to just reach out to another mom and to just meet I think could help so many people so many moms to just be able to connect so when I was designing the app it was really important that I brought that feature into the app so we have like a community setting or a community area so it's like a forum page where moms can sort of connect and meet and talk as a group um, so you can ask your questions, share your experiences. But then there's also an aspect in the app where you can actually connect with other moms on a sort of more one-to-one basis. So when you register for the app, you create a profile. And within the Connect page, you'll see each mom's profile and you'll see the moms that are closest to you at the top. But it will also have information, not then the children's names and nothing specific but you'll Mm. see um the child's age you'll see what kind of interests the mom have so that you can then reach out to the moms that sort of have similar interests to you maybe have children the same age as yours and then so you can actually connect more on a sort of one-to-one basis and you know that that woman is at the exact same stage of their lives as you so you've got you know, you you know you've got someone to speak to, someone to connect with, and they'll really understand what you're going through because they're pretty much going through the same thing you are. So it's it's those little things that I really wanted to make um, a real thing. So if you're at home and you've had a really sort of rough night and you just want to be able to get out, and at the moment we're dealing with COVID, and so the likelihood is most of us have got our partners at home with us. But most of the time, they then have to go back to work Mm. pretty quickly after the baby's born. And you're left at home with just this baby and you. And just that adult conversation is, I mean, we all create, I think pretty much every mother can relate to craving that adult conversation, especially in those early days when you're really sort of focused on just looking after the baby. And I wanted it to be, there there to be a possibility where you can just, get your phone message a mom who's sort of probably in the same area as you and arrange to meet for a walk that afternoon so just to get some fresh air have a chat and it's it's just being able to allow other moms to be able to do things like that maybe meet for a coffee the next day um and just get to know other people and other moms and actually make friends who hopefully then will be friends for life yeah, I think it's beautiful. And I think especially in Dubai, where, you know, for us expats, um, majority of us don't have family here. So, you know, it's not like your mum's just down the road, you know, or your, you know, your close friends are, you know, really nearby. Um, you almost need that support even more. You know, yeah. you need to build your own little Dubai family or wherever you are. Um, and it's it's having those adult conversations, but also just having someone, I guess, to, I feel like when you, you know, it's it's like that saying, isn't it? A problem shared is a, is a problem halved. It's like, 
you just sometimes want to get things off your chest, don't you? And feel like, oh, okay. And then, and then most of the time, you know, your friend will be like, oh yeah, no, I had the same thing. And then you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. Okay. You know, it, it's just having that, that connection. Like we crave connection anyway. Um, but to be going through something so specific, you know, it can be hard for your friends that haven't been through it to, to relate yeah, I agree with you. We're definitely social beings and having that support and that community is really sort of important as humans. And I agree with you with the fact that just someone else experiencing something similar or knowing that they've had a similar experience makes you feel so much better about the whole thing. It kind of, it, it's almost like it disappears because someone else has experienced mm. it and you know that you're not the only one. Yeah, completely. And I and I know from a few mum friends I know who have already had their children they said it was really lovely to to have met a couple of mums who were at the same point and they had someone to message at 4am you know when they're doing the middle of the night feeds and it, it was nice to have someone you know on whatsapp and they could send each other you know funny voice notes and messages and just to have a couple of people who you who are on the same journey as you that you can share it with exactly I agree with you and just knowing that someone else is up in the middle of the night is comforting (laughs) and is is this purely focused on the UAE or is it also for the UK as well so it's just a UAE platform at the moment. Um, okay. We will probably expand to the rest of the Middle East, but um, we're not planning to expand to the UK at the moment. And are you um, planning to have sort of physical meetups and events as well? Obviously not during uh, these COVID times, but once we all sort of get back to to our new normal, which I hope isn't in the too distant future are you planning to have some physical events as well so I haven't got anything in in the sort of pipeline yet but um yes definitely there's definitely an opportunity to be able to do sort of physical meetups um when that will be I'm not sure but um yes some at some point in the future I'm hoping so I mean, yeah, right now it's difficult to uh, <laughs> to plan anything, isn't it? Um, we're all just adapting. And actually, this is why an app like Mama App is perfect because, you know, we are all going through the same thing. We are all on our lockdown. Um, and even though, you know, things are easing here slightly, um, especially if you're pregnant, you know, you need to be extra cautious so connecting with people virtually and online is, I mean, that's that's the way we're doing things now. Yeah, I think um, we actually, so we actually launched the app a little bit earlier than what we'd originally planned because, so the social media platform was already running, but the app hadn't been released yet because we were still working on some of the features. And what as soon as the lockdown happened, what we realized was the number of women and mums that were sort of talking about anxiety and really Mm -hmm. struggling with um, being home all the time. It's a big transition to go from being out and about and being able to do what you want to when you want to, to then having to stay indoors all the time. And that's why we brought it to the app stores much earlier, um, I mean, much earlier, about a month earlier than what we'd planned, um, just so we could 
bring the platform out so people could start connecting and meeting and virtually meeting and at least yeah, getting to know each other. Time. It's the perfect time for it. And I know you've been talking to a lot of mums um, during these times. What's one of the biggest takeaways or a few takeaways you've learned from talking to mums about their experience of juggling work and homeschooling and home life? Um, what what have you learned from these conversations that you've been having with these mums? I think every mum is sort of, there's days when it's okay but then a lot of days when it is really challenging because if you think especially um having to homeschool as well as having to work and then having to parent that's three different roles in sort of a 24-hour period and when you're not having time out if you if it, it's a really difficult scenario. I think a lot of people have struggled and are still struggling and it's just trying to find the balance and I think what more recently what I found is people are sort of saying they're having to sort of let something go if that makes sense so maybe that yeah, work hasn't give yeah exactly so maybe work isn't priority that day and something else is or that you know the children sometimes may get a bit more screen time that day because they they need to do something else. And I think just being easy on yourself. And I think a lot of moms have got having gone through the process and having the sort of the, the couple of months that we have been in the situation. I think now having spoken to a few moms more recently, I'm finding that they're becoming a more a bit more relaxed with not having to give hundred percent to everything. Mm. Yeah, and I think maybe initially there was that pressure, even for people without children, there's that pressure to make sure you stay in your routine and to do a home workout and to be cooking and baking and using this time productively. But as the time has gone on longer and now we know that this this is going to go on for a little while, I guess you kind of have to adapt and just take the pressure off and be kind to yourself because this is such a... I, I mean, I hate this phrase because it's it's so overused, but these are unprecedented times and you you need to kind of, yeah, just be kind to yourself. And none of us have been through anything like this before. So you don't need to have it all together and have it all figured out straight away um, because every day things are developing and, and changing, aren't they? And we're learning new things. And um, I think one of the biggest things for me has been to make sure I'm not reading and watching too much to do with the news because I start to feel quite and I'm not a naturally anxious person but I've I've had a few days where I felt really anxious and worried and I'm like oh I know why because I'm bombarded by whatsapp messages I'm reading things I'm watching videos like it's too much I'm taking in too much information I need to just cut off from that for a little bit yeah, I agree with you. I think um, what I really like from what you just said is that you really need to be kind to yourself and just give yourself a break. It's okay that, you know, you can't do everything in one day. Um, and yeah, I agree with you, just reducing that time sort of the, what you consume is really important to sort of be mindful of what you're actually um consuming and what kind of media you're consuming because that can have a really big impact on your your mental health yeah it it really can and especially when you know 
we're all on WhatsApp groups and you're being sent things and video clips and it's all with, you know, the right intentions. But sometimes I'll have days where I think I'm just not even, I'm not opening that. I don't want to click on that link. You know, I know what I need to know and I don't, I don't need to overwhelm myself (laughs) with, because a lot of it is scary and, um, and a lot of it is headlines and it's numbers and it's, I think, especially when you're pregnant, you just need to try and stay as, as calm and relaxed as possible. Of course, we have to be informed, but um, I've definitely found that it's really helped shutting off sometimes. I've, I've done the exact same thing. So I will select what I want to read and, and see. And then other than that, if it gets sent to me and it's a link, I don't read it. If it's an article that I don't like haven't actively gone out to sort of find, then I don't read it. And I think I've been exactly the same way because it is better for your own mental health to be sort of consuming what you know is worth consuming and then just having a sort of a deadline on I'll have a read today for 20 minutes and that's it. It's not going to be something that I do all day. Exactly. Because you can kind of get drawn into this like spiral can't you if you watch one video and then that leads on to another video and it's before you know it you've spent hours just digesting all this quite negative information um and a lot of which is still at this point you know speculation and not based on facts and um and I think it you know you do need to be informed but yeah you definitely need to be conscious of the effect it's having on you yes and, and your mental health Absolutely. And I think with pregnant women, um, because they're having to go out to hospitals and have appointments and, you know, I think it's it's a little bit more daunting in that sense um, if you're pregnant and having to sort of go to these um, appointments. But it is just sort of reminding yourself of what's important. And like, as long as you're looking after yourself and, you know, following the rules, then there's not much else you can do. Mm. And what have you learned about yourself during this lockdown period? That I'm pretty organized. I think I always knew that I was very organized. But um, one thing that I've learned is that I can, um, I, instead of all being organized, I think what I'm trying to say is I'm, I can prioritize pretty well. Um, so having to still run the app and make sure that all of that's still running in the, in on the side and then the social media um, is still building and getting the information out there to the moms because it's really important that we get all the information out to the moms and then having to like look after my daughter as well being in the UK it's just me and my husband and my daughter so we don't have help here so yeah it's just being able to organize my time so I've been quite surprised as to how much I've, I've managed to get in in a day. You're so active on social media I love your social media um, I love the videos you're putting out, the content. You're yeah, super, super active. You're giving so much to the the Mama app community. I think it's just really important to to get the information out there. I think if we can help as many moms as possible, then ultimately that's my goal. And you know, different different experts will give different advice and it may resonate with one mom and not with another. And so I think if we can get all this different information out to the moms, then as I'm, I'm happy to help as many moms as I can. And that's my, ultimately that's my goal. 
So, um, yeah, that's the reason why I do it. And it really does purely come from wanting to give. And so it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm dedicating lots of time to it, if that, if that mm. actually makes sense. Well, it sounds like you've, because it's a passion and a sort of mission, you really enjoy it. So therefore, there's an element of it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, oh, I've got to give hours to this today. You know, it, it comes very naturally and you really enjoy it. And it's, it's a purpose. And that's sort of the best type of work, isn't it? Because it doesn't really feel like work. Um, you know, there's elements, of course, with any kind of job and running a business, which um can sort of be the more you know menial tasks but if you're doing something you're really passionate about then you know you could spend three hours editing and making a video like I do sometimes but it just feels like five minutes (laughs) like time time just goes you know yeah I agree with you and and that's I think that's really important right doing something that you really enjoy um, and always reminding yourself of the bigger the bigger objective do you know sometimes like you mentioned you can spend three hours sometimes editing a video and that in the moment sometimes can feel like um and for you you just mentioned it doesn't but for some people it may feel like it's too much or it's too much time and it's too much effort but actually if you remind yourself of the bigger objective then I think that really brings you back to sort of why you did why you're doing what you're doing completely and there you know that the the example I gave of the video is something that I really enjoy doing but there are other elements where I'm like oh okay I really need to sit down and make myself focus on this um but yeah because it's part of a bigger picture and it's it's working towards something you need to try and stay motivated in in those times because you know there are going to be elements of even when it's a passion project or something you're really that you feel is your your purpose there are still things that you've got to do that are like oh that's just not my cup of tea that bit but I've got to do it because it's you know it's it's part of the job um but I think what you're doing by bringing women together mums together it's just so important and there's so many women who really do feel isolated and just having one friend will make such a difference having someone that they can reach out to you know and it sounds quite simple doesn't it but it's that that makes such a difference to someone's life having that friendship and someone that they can talk to and and hopefully stay friends for life with you know yeah. and, and their children can be friends you know it can it can start a really sort of yeah a beautiful um lifelong friendship I agree with you. And I think sometimes, especially when you're a pretty confident person, um, we forget that there are people that are a little bit more reserved and a little bit more quiet. And they may find it challenging to just, you know, go and speak to another another mom. And so I think with a platform like Mama Emmy, I think part of that was to be to allow those people to feel comfortable because mm. it's more of a sort of one-to-one you can just send a personal message rather than having to ask in a big group setting so I just wanted it to be sort of inclusive and really sort of non-judgmental um so that they feel comfortable to be able to 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 reach out to somebody else so that they can connect with somebody else because like you say just having that one friend can make a huge difference yeah I really can and I I was lucky enough um I was on a Facebook group at the beginning of my pregnancy and I ended up chatting to a girl and then we went to an event together um and she bought another girl that she'd met and then that girl knew another girl so there were four of us and we decided to set up a whatsapp group 
mm-hmm. and we're all British expats, um, all sort of due around around the same time. And just having those girls who, I mean, we've only managed to all meet up like twice and then obviously we've been on lockdown, but to be able to, we send messages to each other, we ask each other questions, you know, we're all also facing the reality that our families aren't going to be here when our babies are born. And it's just, it's honestly been a bit of a saving grace, I think, just to be able to have. And now I initiated that WhatsApp group because that's my character, but there is a lot of women that aren't, like you said, they're more shy or reserved and that's not their character. So they need, I mean, I need mama app as well, but they need something that's more, um, that allows them to have that opportunity. And especially now where you can't go to events and meet people, but just having those girls has really, um, yeah, it's just really helped, you know, on down days or just, just general questions. Have, have you felt this before? What's this? Um, yeah it's it's I've really been grateful to to have them um and you'll find and and one of them has just had their baby so there's one down three to go (laughs) (laughs) and you'll find that after you have your babies as well like those questions will just increase and you'll have so much more that you want to sort of discuss with each other and yeah it's incredible to have that community like do you know that the group of friends that you can really sort of talk to and feel comfortable talking to and asking questions and you know that they won't judge you and you'll feel like comfortable asking whatever and you can talk about whatever you want to um related to pregnancy birth and even other things I'm sure you guys have found other things in common yeah and I think that sometimes because there's quite a few Facebook groups here which um I do find really useful but what I've noticed is that a lady will put out a post and she might even say, you know, please, no judgment. Um, you know, I just want this specific question answered and you'll get like a hundred comments and it does end up being quite, I don't know, not all the time, but I do sometimes feel like there's so many, obviously everyone's so different with the way they approach motherhood and, and there's so many conflicting, you know, opinions. And sometimes these groups can just get quite toxic and I've seen people, you know, that have ended up just saying like, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't really what I was looking for. Um, you know, a lot of people then projecting their opinions and it just, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen this. Whereas I feel like something that's a little bit more one-to-one and where you can really connect with people where you have things in common. Um, and these groups are great. I'm not, I'm not bashing the groups, but sometimes I see when it comes to women trying to connect and start conversations and it can be, there's just, yeah, it can sometimes take a wrong turn from the comments I see. Yeah, because it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's so many women with so many different parenting styles. And so you, if someone wants to give their opinion, it, it may then offend another person. So it's, yeah, it's a really sticky situation sometimes mm. um, when it's, when, it, when there's so many different opinions. Um, but like you say, just be, being able to connect with those sort of few mums that ha- have a similar parenting style to yours is quite important because you know that where they're coming from is a similar mindset to where yours is. Um, and and yeah, I'm not saying completely. one parenting style is better than the other. It's just that, you know, there are different, thing, parent, different parenting styles out there and it's whatever works for you as a mum. Yeah, and it's you just want to connect with like-minded people, don't you? Um, and people that you you know you feel comfortable with. 
exactly. And I don't know if you've um, noticed, but sometimes in like in a large group, it's difficult just to say, um, hey, is someone available for a coffee? Because usually or sometimes those those messages can get lost in all the other questions. Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. Um yeah it can be can be really difficult if there's a if there's a if there's a big group um and and I think also for me anyway an app like yours works really well because I really like one-on-one like I really enjoy having that connection um and going for a coffee with just one other person yeah because Um, you actually get to know the person and get to know them really well yeah and it's just I don't know that's just my personality I really enjoy that one-on-one so um you know there's a time and a place for bigger groups and there's there's great events here and mama mornings and things but to build those sort of you know lifelong lasting friendships it's really nice to have that that one-on-one time um and obviously you can get to know someone via whatsapp now you know at home virtually like we're all doing um and then once we can you know go back into the the big wide world have your have your coffee dates and go for walks and um yeah just have have that little community that is not is not pre-made for you you have to you have to sort of be proactive um unless you're lucky enough to you know have a big family here and they all have kids um you know you kind of you you have to create it for yourself don't you it doesn't just happen the minute you get pregnant yeah exactly and I think um because we sort of go through um where we don't really need to make friends again until we become pregnant because it's such a big change and it's so different um to what we've been experiencing till that point especially when it's your first baby that you then realize that actually it's not as simple as just finding other mom friends Mm. yeah completely um well what i'll do is i'll put um the links to download the app in the show notes so it's available on android and uh, apple isn't it yes it is perfect so i'll include that in the show notes so people can uh, can easily download it um but we're gonna do a bit of a quick fire round now sure so what's your one piece of advice for first time mummies? Um, so make time for yourself. Um, it doesn't need to be a really long time in the day. It doesn't have to be an hour, an hour and a half. Just try and make some time for yourself and ask for help when you need it. I think as women, sometimes what we feel like we can do everything all the time and it's okay to ask for help it's okay to ask for someone to sort of take care of the baby for a little while so you can have half an hour to yourself and have a nice relaxing bath or whatever it might be um but yeah make the time for yourself I think that's really important what's one thing you've learned about yourself after becoming a mum um that I can survive on much less sleep than I thought I could (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, I think um, not to have expectations of myself as a mother and of my daughter, because when you lose and drop those expectations, like as soon as I realized that I I need to not have expectations, I was a lot more relaxed and we're like, like it's so much happier as well. 
Yeah, I've I've heard this a lot actually from mums. Um, what's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before becoming a mum? The how challenging the transition would actually be. Um, I don't think, and I'm not sure if someone can warn you of that. But once you experience it, it, it is a, it is quite a big transition. And for me in particular, the sleepless nights, because I'm definitely, I was definitely one of those people that needed to have a good night's sleep and would get to bed early. But um, yeah, having to wake up multiple times in the nights was pretty challenging. Yeah, it's one of the things actually, I'm such a good sleeper and I love my sleep. And it's one of the things I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be an adjustment. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we all adjust and it and it's okay in the end. Yeah, and we and we survive it. We, you know, yeah, you just you just get on with it, don't you? And and do you know um, what? You don't have the sleepless nights forever. Like I think exactly when you're in it, you kind forever. of yeah. When you're in it, you really sort of think about when you're going to get that full night's sleep. But it's not going to last forever. Yeah, and I think my mum says to me as well. It is amazing what you can do on little sleep. You sort of become used to not having for 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 a while you know you get used to not having that full night's sleep you sort of just um yeah you you adapt um what's your favorite thing about being a mum um really getting to know my daughter so actually really sort of seeing her personality develop and did you have not sort of not an idea of what she would be like but did you when you were pregnant because this is what I think did you sort of think about oh I wonder what bit of me she's gonna have and what bit of her dad and what bit of her grandparents and did you sort of think about and and daydream about what sort of little person she was gonna be yeah I think I I, I'm not sure if everyone does but yes I totally did and I think that's where I was coming from with the expectations thing because I think before you have your baby you're really focused on this is the type of mom I want to be and this is the type of you know this is the type of daughter she might be and I think really letting go of those expectations is what what I learned because it really changed the way I approached motherhood so yeah I did do that so we just lost connection there for a couple of minutes so we were just talking about um the importance of not having expectations yes yeah, so um I think what I was just sort of saying was that it was really important for me to not have those expectations because when I realized um that that's when I sort of became more relaxed as a mother um and started to really enjoy motherhood because I think it's really easy before you give birth to start sort of focusing on what kind of child you want what kind of mother you want to be um and yeah that was a really big learning for me yeah I think for me I'm just I I can't wait to see what she's gonna look like (laughs) this is my this is one of my biggest things I'm just like so excited to see which bits of us she's gonna get and I just I can't wait but in terms of her personality I'm just more I sort of daydream in a kind of it's more of a curiosity, you know, just like a kind of, oh, I just wonder, because my husband and I are so similar in some ways, but then so different in others. Um, and for me, it's just more of a, yeah, it's just kind of like a harmless daydream. You know, I'm just, I'm just so curious and excited to see. Yeah, um, it is really interesting. I think that's the, 
for me, that's definitely the best part, really getting to know them and learning about their personality and what they're actually like. I think for me, it was more expectations on myself as a mother Mm. rather than my expectations of my daughter. I don't think I had huge expectations of her as a, as, a, as a child. And she's so young still. We're only just getting to learn more about her personality. But I think for me, it was more what I would be as a mother that I had to let go of. I had to let go of those yeah. feelings. And I think you have those subconsciously, even if you're not conscious of them. So you might say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my instincts and this and that, but we are built with certain beliefs and values and you, whether you're conscious to it or not, you have an idea of sort of the mum you're going to be, don't you? So you kind of, I, I definitely know I'm going to have to learn to let go of some of those things because you just you just don't know and you and you can't control everything so I'm trying to and I think maybe the hypnobirthing will help with that as well some of the tools and the meditation just to kind of you know again it comes down to that like not being so hard on yourself yeah definitely and it's just it's a journey and that's part of the journey I Mm. think I believe that you know that was part of my journey and it may be part of you know someone else's as well so you've just got to embrace the journey whatever it looks like exactly and they say don't they when when your baby's born it's not just your baby it's you as a mum. it's the father and you go on as much of a journey as your your baby does as well it's all discovery isn't it it's all new absolutely you learn so much about yourself after you have a child Mm. yeah I mean I was impatient I I was just generally quite an impatient person but I didn't realize how impatient I was until I had my baby until I had my daughter so yeah, that was um, something that I had to really work on as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very impatient person. So this is probably going to be one of my biggest lessons too. Um, what does motherhood mean to you in three words? So this was quite tough. Um, the three I think I'll co- I've come up with is exhilarating, exhausting and beautiful. Mm. It's a nice mixture. I th- and I think that's a good explanation of what motherhood actually is. It's amazing, but it is challenging sometimes. And, and you know, we've just got to embrace it. And how old is your little girl now? She's 22 months. Oh, wow. Okay, so she's still, you know, quite little. Yeah, she's coming up to two in a couple of months. And are you experienced, I hate this saying, but the terrible twos are you seeing a change in her character um how is how is that transition from sort of baby to toddler going for you so I haven't had any major tantrums yet um she's she's very I mean it's nice to see her personality grow I think this is for me I'm really enjoying this age because you they can start to communicate better you really start to see their personality really shining mm. through. They get they have an opinion, which is lovely because, of course, you want a child that actually has an opinion. So um, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. Whether the terrible twos will kick in after she turns two, I'm not sure. I've been told by some moms that it's a real thing. But then you also <laughs> read that actually it, it doesn't have to be either. So maybe I'll let you know in six months. <laughs> Let me know. I think a lot of it, and obviously, you know, I I have not been through this yet, but I think a lot of it is they're just, they're learning that they're growing into their characters and they're still figuring out how to communicate, aren't they? Mm. 
So it's yeah. sometimes it's, those huge tantrums you see, they just don't know how to express it in any other way. Um, yeah, so that's what that's what I've read as well, that it is just them trying to figure out their emotions and the yeah. fact that they just don't know what's actually going on emotionally yet. And also, if you think about it, I mean, we all have days where, for me, sometimes my tolerance level, you can throw everything at me and I'm calm. Other days, you know, I open the milk and I spill it and I'm crying. You know, it's like we all have different, we have days where we feel like we can conquer the world and other days where you're just like, I can't do anything today. You know, why can't I get it together? So that's going to be the same for our kids as well, isn't it? And they don't have the emotional maturity to kind of even recognize that exactly and I don't know why we expect them to behave in inverted commas all the time yeah because we don't I certainly don't you know um yeah some days you just feel you're on top of the world and you you know you're smashing it and other days you just can't seem to to do the simplest of things and we can get frustrated and then we take that out on you know people we'd love or um you know it's that's sort of that's human nature isn't it yeah I definitely agree with you and I think it's just reminding yourself of these things do you know when you're in the thick of it I think yeah, when you're in the moment yeah sometimes it's quite difficult to um remember but I think if you remind yourself it's yeah it's it's a good way to sort of bring yourself back yeah I mean that's all well and good when you're when you're at home but if you're on a plane you know or in a public place might be quite hard sometimes in the moment to think like that you're just trying to kind of keep it together okay darling come on you know <laughs> or in a supermarket or you know that all sort of goes out the window doesn't it but I think I've heard from friends as well that you kind of there might be an element of embarrassment or you know panic but you just you you grow with confidence and you learn totally. how to handle these situations and they do, and you don't even care that there's people around yeah, totally. I think even when even when the babies sometimes when when I first after I first gave birth, I used to think, oh, she's crying, she's disturbing other people, and you you've just got to you've just got to get past that. Yeah, you know, you, you've just got to focus on your baby or your toddler, and and that's what's important at that time. It really, doesn't matter what the X person next to you thinks or is feeling. Yeah, completely. Oh, well, Samaya, thank you so, so much. Um, I have loved talking to you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to put all your information in the show notes so people know where to download the app, where to follow you on social media. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to meet some other like-minded mummies <laughs> and make some new friends myself. Thank so, you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Samaya. A massive thank you once again to Samaya for sharing so much with us. You can find links to the Mama app social pages, along with links to download the app in the show notes below. If you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of Bumps and Babies, please do follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Life School ME the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.